2: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, Undying Light listeners. I am back at it again with essentially a bonus episode this week, and and not necessarily just a, a bonus episode, but one that's going to wrap up our time with Esther and conclude this little portion of the series. So I'm very excited to bring that content to your listening ears on this beautiful Tuesday morning, or Whenever you listen to it as this coming Friday, we will have our Christmas series design uh, started. So we are going to in jump into that ring and hopes that we can uh, produce some wonderful Advent uh, content for your ears as well then. So uh, continuing on with our theme, we will keep a short uh, episode format and we will try to keep it around 30 minutes through the Advent season, and I think that's been working out pretty well for us. gets me off the hook of being uh, away in my studio for an hour and a half. I only could do about 45 minutes now, produce a show, do my editing, and uh, load it up for my uh, distributor to send it out to the world. So uh, a suggestion had been brought to me, and I'm really highly considering it. So uh, as I mentioned on Friday's episode, if you want to jump on my show uh, and and be a reader, then just send me a voice clip and let me see how you sound. More than likely, it doesn't matter. If you're interested, I will give you a chapter or two and you can read it and I'll put you on the show. But I am also considering opening an anchor account and loading my sermons on anchor. So, uh, that way they can all be uh, listened to in a podcast or audio format versus just having to watch on YouTube and Facebook. So just another means to distribute content for you. So, uh, not a lot happening in terms of, you know, events, we do have a new, uh, t-shirt distributor or merchandise distributor if you would it's t public and uh, the link is in my bio on instagram you can go and check them out great discounts on shirts and still good quality all around so make sure you check them out and get yourself an undying light shirt sweatshirt mug mask bag pillow whatever you want you can get, there's a, there's a lot of stuff on there. So, uh, if you have a special request, I can make a new line of shirts. I only have one in there right now, which is the traditional, uh undying light logo on the front and Psalm 119105 on the back. And that's, uh, was uh, a good friend of mine had produced that in terms of, um, making an image because this website doesn't, you can't just type stuff. Um, they want images. That's really, I don't know, I'm not a t-shirt maker, so anyways, that's, I'm getting off into the woods and I'm going to not know what I'm talking about soon, so it's got the, you know, Psalm 119, in the back, if there's anything that you choose or that you want elsewise, another verse or. Maybe a quote or something. Uh, let me know. I still have the bonfire page so you can go and look at all sorts of different stuff that I have already worked on producing there. So between both, you should be able to find yourself a really good deal on a shirt or sweatshirt if you really care about some, you know, supporting the podcast in that manner without really getting into anything else. That's all I got uh, we're going to get into the show. We're going to finish up Esther today, nine and 10. We're going to just work ourselves right through the content and be done and move on to our Advent show. Uh, so without further ado, Chris is here with us to wrap up here.
1: Our chapter chapters, nine and 10 for you.
3: Esther chapter nine. Now in the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's command and edict were about to be carried out, on the very day when the enemies of the Jews hoped to gain mastery over them, the reverse occurred. The Jews gained mastery over those who hated them. The Jews gathered in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to lay hands on those who sought their harm, and no one could stand against them for the fear of them had fallen on all peoples. All the officials of the provinces and the satraps and the governors and the royal agents also helped the Jews, for the fear of Mordecai had fallen on them. For Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame spread throughout all the provinces. For the man Mordecai grew more and more powerful. The Jews struck all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them. And did as they pleased to those who hated them. In Susa, the citadel itself, the Jews killed and destroyed five hundred men. And also killed Parshand, Parshandatha, and Dalphon and Aspatha, and Poratha, and Adalia, and Aradatha, and Parmashta and Arasai, and Aradai, and Vaisatha, the ten sons of Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews but they laid no hand on the plunder. That very day the citadel or rather that very day the number of those killed in Susa the citadel was reported to the king. And the king said to queen Esther, in Susa the citadel the Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men and also the 10 sons of Haman. What then have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now what is your wish? it shall be granted you. And what further is your request? It shall be fulfilled. And Esther said, if it please the king, let the Jews who are in Susa be allowed tomorrow also to do according to this day's edict. And let the ten sons of Haman be hanged on the gallows. So the king commanded this to be done. A decree was issued in Susa, and the ten sons of Haman were hanged. The Jews who were in Susa gathered also on the 14th day of the month of Adar, and they killed 300 men in Susa, but they laid no hands on the plunder. Now the rest of the Jews who were in the king's provinces also gathered to defend their lives and got relief from their enemies and killed 75,000 of those who hated them, but they laid no hands on the plunder. This was on the 13th day of the month of Adar, and on the 14th day they rested and made that day and made that a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews who were in Susa gathered on the thirteenth day, and on the fourteenth, and rested on the fifteenth day, making that a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore the Jews of the villages, who live in the rural towns, hold the fourteenth day of the month of Adar as a day for gladness and feasting, as a holiday and as a day on which they send gifts of food to one another. And Mordecai recorded these things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, both near and far, obliging them to keep the fourteenth day of the month Adar, and also the fifteenth day of the same, year by year, as the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness and from mourning into a holiday." that they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews accepted what they had started to do and what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them and had cast purr, that is, cast lots, to crush and to, dis- and to destroy them. But when it came before the king, he gave orders in writing that his evil plan that he had devised against the Jews should return on his own head and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Therefore, they called these days Purim after the term Pur. Therefore, because of all that was written in this letter and of what they had faced in this manner and of what had happened to them, The Jews firmly obligated themselves and their offspring and all who joined them, that without fail they would keep these two days according to what was written and at the time appointed every year, that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation in every clan, province, and city, and that these days of Purim should never fall into disuse among the Jews, nor should the commemoration of these days cease among the Jews their descendants. Then queen Esther, the daughter of Abihail and Mordecai the Jew, gave full written authority, confirming this second letter about Purim. Letters were sent to all the Jews to the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus in words of peace and truth, that these days of Purim should be observed at their appointed seasons, as Mordecai the Jew and queen Esther obligated them, and as they had obligated themselves and their offspring, with regard to their fasts and their lamenting. The command of Esther confirmed these practices of Purim, and it was recorded in writing. Esther, Chapter 10 King Ahasuerus imposed tax on the land and on the coastlands of the sea, and all, and all the acts of his power and might, and the full account of the high honor of Mordecai, to which the king advanced him. Are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Ahasuerus, and he was great among the Jews and popular with the multitude of his brothers, for he sought the welfare of his people and spoke peace to all his people.
2: All right, thank you so very much, Chris. It has uh, been a tremendous blessing and a unique help to this little portion of our series, and um, I really kind of enjoyed this having him record. And then he texts me over the voice messages, and I upload them into my recordings as I am walking ourselves through the show. And and I think it's just. Uh, you know, it's, it's something different, unique that I haven't done on the show. So I'm very excited for this. So, uh, we got a lot of content to cover. So let's not waste time. We've got chapters nine and 10 to work through today. Uh, there are 32 verses here in chapter nine and only uh, three verses in chapter 10. So very, very short. So, um, about the space we've been in the 35 verses about the space we've been doing for the last two chapters, but there's a lot in nine happening. And it's one big block, essentially. It's the feast of Purim in, uh, inaugurated. And so we will, uh, that is what will conclude chapter nine. But to kick us off, we will look at the, dist- the Jews destroy their enemies. Uh, this will take up the first, uh, 19 verses. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, the month of Adar, on the thirteenth day, these nine months have passed since Mordecai's decree uh, edict was sent out, and uh, both this edict and that of Haman, back in chapter three, verse thirteen, were to be carried out on the same day. Enemies of the Judeans had the legal right to kill them, and the Judeans had the right to defend themselves and destroy their attackers. Uh, the reverse occurs: uh, the Jews gained mastery over them, uh, over those who hate him. Them. the theme of Esther is summarized by this single phrase. Hatred for the Judeans was obviously widespread, and many people in Persia hoped to annihilate this foreign race. Instead, the attackers found themselves overwhelmed. Uh, verse 2 here, in the cities, some Persian cities had no doubt, had a greater population of Judeans, fear of them had fallen on all peoples, and people were afraid that Mordecai now wielded the power that Haman once had, and Judeans would be uh, given the power to defend themselves. Uh, all the officials in the providences helped the Jews. It was to their political advantage to get on their good side of those who were now in power, and the fear of Mordecai had fallen on them. The king's servants had once wondered if Mordecai's words would stand, and Haman was told by his wife that he would surely fall before Mordecai. What seemed impossible has come to pass. In verse 4, the man Mordecai. Mordecai is no longer referred to as the Judean, but as the man, suggesting his importance. This expression is also applied.
0: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra.
2: to Moses in numbers chapter 12 verse 3. And uh, the Jews did as they please. they were given free hand to kill their enemies without interference from government officials. Uh, killed and destroyed 500 men, likely that some of these uh, some of those that were killed in uh, Susa were members of the royal court. 10 sons of Haman killing Haman's sons guaranteed that they would not seek to avenge their father's death or regain his office. Esther later requested that the king to hang their bodies on the gallows. A little bit of a gruesome picture, but you know, we, we, it's the behavior we kind of see in scripture is the depravity of man. We see that when John the Baptist is even beheaded and his head is given to the, the king's wife's daughter. And, it, or you know it's for the, the daughter requests it and then the, for, from the mother essentially and then it's brought before this uh big feast john the baptist said so you there's that i want to call it's gruesome you know you can't beat around the bush it's a pretty gruesome setup here but esther is requesting that they be that their bodies hang at the gallows uh, the Judeans have been given permission to plunder the property of their enemies uh, but they refused to do so, uh, cause they lay, as the text says, they laid no hands on the plunder. Uh, this is repeated again in verses 15 and 16. Uh, so in the culture of such action was expected, their upright behavior would be noticed and remembered. Uh, and this, that little section of Esther requesting their bodies and then the Judeans not plundering, that covers us seven through 10. Uh, nine, uh, then chapter nine, 11 to 12 here. What then have they done? Ahasuerus seemed appalled by what is happening in the land, but made no move to stop the bloodshed. Now, what is your wish? The king was ready to continue answering the requests of his queen. How completely Ahasuerus has changed since his dealings with Vachete back in Chapter 1. Susa, this day's edict, Esther requested another day for the resistance to be wiped out in Susa, where enemies still remained. Condition that Judeans were to fight only in self-defense still applied. The ten sons of Haman were hung here in verse fourteen. Uh, the Philistines had hung the dead bodies of Saul on the wall of Bethsham to mock Esther and Mordecai's ancestors. This is back in First Samuel chapter thirty-one. Fifth, uh, the fourteenth day killed 300 men in Susa. Only in Susa was there a second day of killing, which resulted in, uh, feasting on the fifth, on the fifteenth day of Adar. In verse 16, the report of what happened in the 127, uh, Persian providences is brief. Uh, they defended their lives. Self-defense is again emphasized. Uh, this word here got relief. The Hebrew word means quiet or rest. Uh, they killed 7,500 people, an incredibly large number, but no more than that of other uh, of people killed in other uprisings in history. Remember, the decree went out through the vast Persian Empire. We do not assume that all Judeans acted with pure motives or self-defense, that they may have actually displayed a vengeful spirit. So there's that possibility to hold on to as well. Uh, we don't want to say that they were all upright, modeled citizens, because we know that From the Jewish history, they're not. Just as we aren't either. On the 14th day, feasting and gladness, Judeans and the provinces celebrated deliverance from their enemies with feasting and rejoicing on the 14th day of Adar. On the 15th day, the festival in Susa was a day later because the Judeans had been fighting on the 13th and 14th. And this is the 10th and final reference to the feasting in Esther. In chapter 19... (laughs) chapter 9, verse 19, the holiday was observed annually in outlying areas on the 14th of that are gifts of food for one another. Unlike the festivals commanded by God, uh, God's people in the laws of Moses, this festival does not include bringing sacrifices to the temple. It emphasizes was rather on commanding uh, the communal, celebrating, feasting and giving gifts of food. So, summarizing these 19 verses here, a lot of bloodshed, but let's see what we've got here. So, when the 13th of Adar arises, as we've remembered from previous episodes, this was the day that the Jews were supposed to be destroyed. But now they've been given by the previous episode, when we've seen Mordecai's edict go out, they've been given the ability to defend themselves. They destroy those who hate them, but they take no plunder from their enemies. In this way, God preserves his Old Testament people because they would come to the Savior of the world. God controls history to preserve his elect and fulfill his promises. That is still true today. The church has been called to witness the gospel in the world that has been often contemptuous and hostile. By God's grace, we can be sure that no matter how the nations rage in the people's plot, Psalm 2, verse 1, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, Matthew 16, 18. God keeps, a clo- God keeps us close to our Savior so that we might be his throughout eternity. All right, let's wrap up chapter 9 and get through 10. So, verse 20 and 9, Mordecai's letter reviewed how Judeans were saved from their enemies. And uh, this event is celebrated annually now at the Festival of Perma. Written documents carried authority throughout the Persian Empire and the uh, and Esther frequently mentions them, uh, as we see all throughout uh, chapter nine here in verses 23, 26, 27 to 9, 20, 30 and 32. So quite a bit happening there. Uh, they will be feasting in the villages on the 14th of Adar and this and in Susa on the 15th, Mordecai required Judeans to celebrate both days. Sorrow into gladness. Future generations of God's people would recall this time when sorrow was turned into joy and mourning into celebration. And the sending uh, gifts of foods was part of the festivals, emphasizing community and compassion. In verse twenty-three, the Judeans agreed to celebrate on this annual basis um, what they had initially done spontaneously. In explaining the reason for the holiday credit is given to the king for hanging Haman and his sons. No mention is made uh, of the contributions of Esther or Mordecai in the battles fought between the Judeans and their enemies. Uh, he gave orders and writings refers to the document Mordecai requested from Ahasuerus to counteract Haman's decree. And Perma, or Permin, became a ne- major holiday. Among the festivals commanded in the Mosaic Law, permanent is not mentioned in the New Testament, nor is Esther even quoted in the New Testament. But shortly after the time of Christ, official Jewish worship regulations included a whole section devoted to its uh, 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 observance. Today, it is usually celebrated on only one day, the 14th of February or March. An important aspect is the public readings of the Book of Esther, During this reading, people use noisemakers, cheer for the mentioned war guy's name, and hiss when Haman's name is mentioned. Children wear costumes and paint their faces for victory celebrations. Uh, So summarizing uh, the 26b through 28 here, all who joined them, some Gentiles became worshippers of the God and joined the Judeans in observing these festivals. Among their descendants, Judeans obligate themselves to observe this festival throughout every generation, like all Other festivals, Perman keeps them separate from other nations and contributes to their survival as a people. Queen Esther, given full written authority, she added the weight of her royal authority to Mordecai's letter, including uh, the institution of this new festival. And verse 30, the letters that went out to the providences were worded in a friendly manner. That stressed the facts of what had transpired. Some Judeans had even questioned celebrating permanent because it was not authorized in Mosaic law. And they obligated themselves. People had agreed to do what Mordecai and Esther required of them. And many kept the 13th day of Esther or of Adar as a day of feasting uh, for their feasts and their lamenting. The authority of Esther is a secular ruler, is again cited as the reason to observe Purim. pyramid. So this festival is established by Mordecai and Esther to celebrate the destruction of Haman and the other Persian enemies. God works behind the scenes to bring about his victory. Later, God intervenes in a very public yet mysterious way to overcome the spiritual enemies of all people, sin, death, and the devil. We were helpless, but God rescued us by sending his son who took our sins, our punishment, and our death upon himself, paying the price for our redemption. We have uh, gotten relief from our enemies. Our sorrow has been turned into joy in the morning, into fasting, and into feasting because of the Holy Spirit has worked faith in our hearts. We celebrate our victory, the festivals of Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost. As a difference to all the the festivals the Jews uh, observe. All right, so verse ten here, or chapter ten, verse one, impose this tax. One function of the government is to levy and collect taxes during the chaotic period surrounding the events of Adar of the thirteenth of Adar. It is likely the activity was dis- uh, disrupted. King Ahasarius then. Reasserted, reasserted his authority to impose tax on the entire land, including the coastline of Asia Minor, where the Persians, uh, which the Persians controlled, and twelve written in the Book of Chronicles, the kings of Media and Persia. The statement pattern after those that were about the kings of Israel is meant to authenticate the accuracy of Esther, this official history. Of this period of the Persian archives recounted the acts of Ahasuerus in the high honor of Mordecai. The two kingdoms, Media, Media and Persia, are mentioned in chronological order, suggesting that its official history covered several centuries. These particular chronicles have not been preserved by history. Second in rank, Mordecai is second only to the king in authority and probably functions something like a prime minister. He sought the welfare of his people, Mordecai, was not concerned about increasing his power in the empire, but in promoting the best interests of his fellow Judeans. Uh, The Hebrew word here for peace is obvious, if you know, shalom, uh, has been a broad sense of prosperity, health, security, and good of every kind by securing the welfare of his people throughout the empire, Mordecai had secured the welfare of others as well. He would be great and popular, not um, even not only among the Judeans, but also among other nations and tribes. So let's wrap up chapter 10. This postscript of Esther praises Ahasuerus and Mordecai for providing the people of, uh, with good government and for seeking them, their welfare. Martin Luther included pious and faithful rulers and good government among the blessings to which we pray the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes we fail to appreciate this gift uh from God, but rather murmur and complain about our leaders. St. Paul reminds believers that God instituted earthly authority, Romans 13, 1, and Christians humbly accept their leaders as evidence to God's providential care for us and for others. So that is Esther in all of its awesomeness and, and glory. And I, you know, as I mentioned last week, it's a, it's a history book. And so some people may struggle with reading it and they may find it dry. And I hope that this, uh, series has helped you to reflect upon it and see, uh, other means that it can be used and demonstrated for. So with that said, I'm going to close the show out. It's going to be a short episode this week. It is You know, I'm going to fall on a Tuesday, but Friday's show is uh, going to be our kickoff to our Advent series. So I'm very excited for that. I cannot wait. So, ladies and gentlemen, I bid you a wonderful week and uh, I can't wait to dig into Advent with you. So until then, God bless and we'll see you all on Friday.
1: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Confidence starts with loving who you are.